I believe. You believe with me? Repeat the topic with me, please. Say, some things are expected. In Mark chapter 11, verse 12, there's a conversation Jesus has. And this conversation shows that Jesus expected something from a tree, a fig tree. And it's, it's a story that's often misread because the focus of most people when they hear the story is that the fig tree withers. And so for years, that's the highlight. When you look at the text I'm about to read. But really, I think this is a, 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 a good place to close our series on covenants. Because in the story, Jesus, let me just read it to you and you'll see what I mean. Walks up to this fig tree. Now, the next day, Mark 11, 12, when they come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, here's, 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 here's where he's let down. He found what? Nothing. Nothing believes. So I want you to think with me for a second. I'm going to show you a graphic, okay? He goes to this fig tree, and I want you to see this first, the fig tree, okay? And when he sees this tree, that's what he sees. Jesus gets there, and what Jesus saw was a fig tree. Now, what's amazing is, notice the tree has leaves. He looks there, and then he goes closer to the tree, and he expected to see, watch this, this. See the little buds on there, the little green buds? That's what he expected to see. He goes from afar, he sees the tree, and he assumes because of what he saw that th these buds would be there. He expected them to be there. So listen again. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he could find something on it. When he came to it, he found, now he didn't expect, so the next slide, would you please? He did not expect to see this. That's a ripened fig. That's one that's already done. That comes in the month of May. He's in the month of April. He knows it's not ripe. Now think about it this way. Jesus knows fig trees, because fig trees are everywhere. He doesn't expect to see this. He knows this tree is not fully ripe. Look at the next slide. What he finds is this. He finds no buds. He finds nothing. It's absolutely empty. Now just think about that. Now that you've got that visually in your mind, okay, watch with me now. The next day when they come from Bethany, he was hungry, seeing from afar a, a, a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for figs. It was not the time when figs would be seen. And the response Jesus said to it, when he saw nothing but leaves, he spoke to the tree. And here's what he said. Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples, read the last part with him, come on. And his disciples heard it. And it must have been shocking. He's talking to the tree. You must be mad. Now, here's what they knew. And you'll see this in your notes. I'll show it to you later. Jesus knew that there was this little green fruit that was not quite ripe that peasants would often eat. People would often eat this. 
And so it was a fair expectation that when he saw the tree with leaves in the month of April, he would assume that the tree had these little green buds. When he got up close, it was not there. Now, this is what people often use to describe in the story that God has an expectation of us. But when he gets close up on us, it's not, we're not what we expect. We're not what he should expect from us. Now, you've been in this situation, haven't you, where you've gotten to know people and, and they let you down? You, you, you signed up for the job, right, and, and it's not what you expected? You, you just knew, you know, when you got home that your kids would have cleaned the house up because you, they were home all day and they knew that you were coming home and you get home and it's a junkie and you just, you're, 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 you're shocked. Then they're asking you, what's the you ever had that? You ever, you ever had that? It, it, it's, it's that? It's that moment when you told them to take the car to get service and they didn't do it. And then they call you because they're stuck on the side of the road. And you said, didn't I tell you two weeks ago to take that car in? And then I'll take care of it for you, but you need to take it in. And you said, well, I was busy. Really? Now you're stuck. I, you expected them to do the minimum. At least take the car in and let them service it. There's something about expectations. Now, here's, here's what I want you to see. We get the part about Jesus being, looking at the tree and having expectations, but here's my big question for you today. You ready? Here it goes. What, in your opinion, would be fair for God to expect from you? Make you the tree for a minute. What's fair? What would be a fair thing? Since you're in a covenant with God, since you're living under covenant, and I'm not talking about people who are not living in covenant with God. If you're not in a relationship with God, then, you know, what can he expect from you? If you don't work at IBM, you can't expect a paycheck, right? So, so we're not talking to you. You can just kind of watch and listen in today. But for those of us who say we're in a relationship with God, my question to you is what's fair to expect? I'm your pastor. You expect me to be here or do something, a video, something. You expect something. You don't expect me to have nothing. When it's time for me to get up, there's nothing. That's, that's fair. It's a fair expectation. What is fair for God to expect from you? I have a list of possibilities. Should he expect you to serve him? Is that a fair expectation? I mean, really, just think about it for a second. You say, no, he shouldn't expect that. That's not, that's not fair. I, I, I serve him. Okay, fine. I'm just asking. Number two, should, should he expect you to tell others about him? The numbers of Christians who never share their faith, never invite anybody to know Christ, never share. I'm just saying, is it fair? Is it fair? People, people um, had commented, you know, I don't wear rings because I, 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 have, I have good seasons when it doesn't swell up, but I don't know why. If I could wear rings, I'd bling all the time. I'm telling you, you know, I'd be like Mr. T. You'd be tired of me. <laughs> you don't know who Mr. T is, look it up. You know, <laughs> jewelry, I like stuff like that. I do. But uh, especially rings. Uh, and I have some. And I'm going to get them resized and try again. And, you know, I got my little strategy. But uh, I just have to act married. Somebody wrote me a nice letter, a wonderful person wrote me a nice letter, and I've gotten a few comments here and there, and, and when people are really bold in Q&A, they say, can I ask you a question? You are married, but you have a ring on. And, and I understand, you know, it's, it's, it's frustrating to me too sometimes, but, but I don't have any issues. I really don't. I don't have any issues because I act married. Some people have rings on, and that's more of an invitation for some people than it is anything else. Oh, you're already taken. I ain't got to worry about it. I didn't want no full-time relationship, you know. <laughs> you're already busy. <laughs> I want part-time love. Okay. Anyway, so you know, there's, <laughs> so you know, there's this, there's this thing. 
I, I think people have, that's, that's fair to think about. You know, is it fair for Diane to expect me to be faithful? Is that a fair expectation? I got a lot of amens on that one, didn't I? Uh-huh. So what's fair for God to expect from you? Should he expect you to give money? Is that fair? I mean, is that fair? Should, or should it just be one way? Just, eh, that's nice. You know, you just ask and pray and demand. I want God to bless me in Jesus' name. And, but when you get your money, you would never give. I mean, it's, you know what you have to do? If you really want to see how much you love your family, that's what I want you to do. I want you to stop giving them money and see what they do. Let's just take a week off from giving money. Anybody, kids, wife, husband, any, just keep it all for yourself. Tell you what, let's make that a month. Why not a year? Just take a year off from giving money to your children. No more money for you. Nothing. Zero. Imagine that. Wouldn't that just be love? Yes. Some of you say, that's the devil, Pastor Rick. Get off of that right now. You know, here, here's, here's what you know. You expect them. Is that a fair expectation? So, if, if, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about this later on, but I've come to this tremendous revelation. I, I think I kind of knew it before, but I really get it now. It's, it's almost like we think God's being unfair. And, and being in this job is hilarious because, you know, when you get ready to ask people about tithing or honoring God first, you almost have to apologize. Because people just get it all wrong. And, and, but I want to know, is it fair you're a believer, for God to expect you to honor him first. He gave you the strength, gave you the money, gave, but you want, I mean, when I, when I mean, it's these tips you give, five and two dollars and all that kind of stuff, that's nice, you know, thank you for, for the five dollars, but that's a tip at your house. If you don't believe me, just go give it to your wife. I, I have, as I have, I've had a couple of women tell me this, and I always, always find it amazing. It's always women who say this to me. He won't give anything. He won't give a dollar to the house. Not a dollar, not nothing. I mean, if he could give me $200, Pastor Rick, just $200. And I, I said, could you please put that in the pill and let me give it to Diane? If you could just please let me give Diane this pill so she'd only want $200. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Here, drink this, Diane. Here, take this. <laughs> there you go, baby. <laughs> $200, Rick. I said, there you go. I love it. But she won't drink it. <laughs> See, I, I want you to... <laughs> You like that part. You like that, don't you? Uh-huh. She, she won't. No, not Diane. No. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Not at all. She don't play. Get me scared talking about it. Let me tell you. The point. The point. No, no she's, she's really, really fair. But, but part of. She is. She is. But get off of that, people. Move on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Trying to preach. Part of, part of what I want you to think about, though, is, is you get that illustration. You get that. You're not offended or bothered at all. Is it fair for God to expect that you give him first, to him first? Is it fair? Is it fair? And, and here's another one. Is it fair that he expects you to live a certain lifestyle? That he has moral boundaries? You, know, you just can't do what you want to do. I, I have these conversations with people, and, and, it's, and let me tell you, one of the things that's always amazing is if, if, I, if I say what it is, uh, I'm a coded, going to the gym. You know what I'm talking about? If you think you know what I'm talking about, raise your hand. Okay, having sex. Okay, now, anyway. So when I talk about that with people, so you didn't get it, so I had to tell you. All you didn't raise your hand, so I had to say it. If I talk to them about their sexual lives, 
They go, oh God, oh God, God wants to be a part of that. He wants to have an opinion. That's personal. I'm going, should God have the right to comment on that part of your life? Or do you say no? I expect God to be silent on that part. Whatever I do, I do. Is that a fair expectation? Since you are in covenant with God. Now, if you're not, then hey, you do what you want. Because you're not in covenant. You're not in a relationship. You have no commitment. Then that, I hope you know, can be a two-way street. See, we think, I can say, I'm not in covenant with Diane. I, just, I find this in counseling always amazing. The guy, one guy came in once, he says, his wife, his, he had a girlfriend. And so his, his wife told me, and I went to him and said, hey, man, you got somebody? He said, yeah. He said, but you know, she's a Christian. She should forgive. That's what he told me. She should forgive me. That's what he told me. I said, have you gotten rid of the girlfriend? No, not yet. I said, something's wrong with the story. <laughs> he had an expectation. And I've seen women do the same thing. Y'all quiet on that part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 35 years, I've seen all both sides. And what's amazing is you expect something. You expect your kids to have great respect for you, but you yell at them, you cuss them, you threaten them. Who do you love that talks to you like that? When they're mad. Well, you better not make me mad because I'm your mama. Okay, calm down, baby. <laughs> I want you to just think about this for a second. You, you expect them to have respect for you, but you cuss them. You threaten them. You use your powers against them. You, I'm like, you're on punishment for the next four years. You know, this stuff that you would never expect anybody <laughs> to save you under any conditions. No matter what you did, should God expect you to do certain things? In this story, back to where we started, as I close, Jesus has a fair expectation. He saw a fig tree that should have been fruitful based on the time of year. At least the green buds should have been on it. He saw a fig tree that looked fruitful with leaves. He saw a fig tree that looked one way far off and another way up close. And you just can take that and say, is that me? Am I like this fig tree that when God zooms in close to me, I am not what he expects me to be? And so Jesus gives, after seeing this fig tree, a fair assessment. That's number two in your notes. He gives a fair assessment. He's honest about what he sees. There is no leaves. So he looks at this tree. If you go down in, in the notes there, verse 14, in response, Jesus says to this tree, let no one eat from you ever again. And his disciples did what? Heard it. They heard Jesus giving this response, and it was it just be Jesus being honest. I don't see anything. So here's the question. When he looks at you, does he see anything? I mean, just, just think about it for a second. Is it fair to say there's nothing here? Not really. Now, the disciples hear this, and they make a judgment that Jesus didn't make. Jesus was predicting when he saw this tree, the outcome of the tree. He, he looked at it and says, this tree should be fruitful, and it's not. It's free. This tree is late. So, based on what I see, he says, this tree will never be fruitful. He's just simply making a prediction. You, you've done that. You looked at kids and you go... Boy, you, 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 you're 18 now. 
and you still, you still son, son, you're on the wrong road. As long as you're, you're not, you don't see the potential for fruit because they've made certain decisions. Jesus looks at this tree and says the outcome for this tree, because this tree is not fruitful, is it will never be fruitful. So in verse 20, in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you, what? Cursed has withered away. Now here's the question. Who said that the tree was cursed? Peter. That's Peter's summation of the moment. He overheard Jesus talking to the tree. And then when Peter came by the next day, he said, ah, look, magic trick. Look, he said, don't mess with Jesus. <laughs> the focus went to the magic trick. And I want you to, that in his mind. It's, it's wow. Wow, if you're not fruitful, he'll zap you. That's how a lot of people preach this, you know. If you're not fruitful, he just makes you wither. No, no. What he's saying is, if you're not fruitful, that's what happens to you. If you're not fruitful, this is what your life becomes. It's not him zapping you. It's simply, this tree is late. It doesn't even have the little green buds on it. This tree should have had more. This person should not be that angry that long. You're too old for that. This person should not be in the middle of the street talking and cussing and you are 55 years old. I'm just saying, this tree looks like a tree that's never going to be fruitful. There's something about pausing for a minute instead of making this story about some magic trick of withering a tree and understand the bigger picture. And here's, here's what I want you to see. Jesus gives some practical advice. In verse 22, I love the fact that he just basically ignores Peter's comment. He never responds to, yeah, yeah I did zap that tree. He never says that. He never, he never even responds. He simply gets to what matters. You, you ever have people say things to you, you just look at them? Let's talk about you going to work. You just jump way past what they said and you just jump. Let's talk about cleaning up this house. Let's talk about your attitude. Let's talk, you just, let's talk about you going back to school. Let's talk about something that matters. The tree and the withering, and you're missing the whole point, pal. It's more than that. Here's what's important. You ready? Jesus answered. Here's what his answer was in verse 22 of Mark 11. Have faith in God. You want to know what many matters? Believe in God. Believe God. And here's, here's what believing God looks like. I so trust his advice. I do what he says. I so trust him I, I, that my whole life is invested in him. And he goes farther and he says, verse 3, Surely I say to you, whatever you whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. Guys, what really matters here is you saying what really matters. You focusing on who really matters, me, and you trusting me and you speaking to the things in your life that aren't right and being honest about those things. I honestly looked at the tree and I saw no fruit and I, I called it like it was. But this is not about a magic trick. This is about being honest. This is about saying to the things in your life that aren't fruitful, saying to the things that block you, saying to the mountains in your life. It's, it's notice this is about you taking responsibility for speaking to the things that are not fruitful in your life. It's about you speak. You want to know the big issue? 
forget the withering of the tree, sir. It's about speaking to the things that stop you from getting to where you need to be. <laughs> and not doubting in your heart, but believing that those things you say will be done. And here's what he said. Whatsoever you say, whatsoever you focus on, whatsoever you address, that is what ch changes. Therefore, I say to you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Notice the focus moves to you taking responsibility for addressing things that need to be dealt with in your life. The focus is not the withering of the tree. The withering of the tree is what happens to you if you don't believe God. The withering of the tree is what happens to you when you don't say things. You see it in your life. You know when I said to you, what does God have the right to expect from you? You heave backwards and you said, more than this. <coughs> and so speak to those things in your life that stop you from responding to God. Pause for a minute and say, you know, come on. I do it all the time. Come on, Temple. Come on. Now speak to this. Depression trying to sneak in on your life. Speak to this. Declare in your life you're not going to live in this financial hole all your life. Speak to this. Declare you're not going to be this angry, frustrated person. Speak to this. You're not going to give the power to somebody else all your life who abused you years ago. Speak to this mountain. That's what matters. I'm reading a book. You know, I'm always reading some, right? 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do by Amy Morin. 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. And one is they don't feel sorry for themselves. Number two, they don't give their power away. And every time you dwell on what someone did to you or somebody hurt you, you give your power away. You give them a remote control of your life. When they see you, they just go, bam, be, be mad. <laughs> they can walk by you on the job, click, and there you go, upset. There you go, watch this, bam, watch them cuss. There you go, wow, bam, there you go. Got you all controlled. Number three, Pentally strong people don't try, don't try to control everything. Some of the world is going to be spinning out of control. If you got a busy job, it spins. This church does that. It just spins sometimes. I just laugh at it. <laughs> Look at it. It's spinning out of control. This is not working. That's not working. This broke. That's broke. That's part of success. Come on, say amen if you know what I'm saying, Chief. That's part of winning. There are mornings if you are parenting where it's a zoo and it's supposed to be. We're trying to get out of here and be successful. We're going to all be crazy for the next 30 minutes. That's how it is when you're in a successful family full of energy and fire. Come on, say amen. We're slaying dragons, kicking the devil, doing amazing things. We're supposed to have a challenge. You ought to be happy and clapping your hands and hearing what I'm saying to you. But you want this life to so easy. My life is not like that. Sometimes I need a thousand. Sometimes I need ten thousand. Sometimes I need a hundred thousand. Sometimes I need a million dollars. It's all part of my life, and I accept it all. Bring it on, Jesus. Bring it on. Come on, say amen. Bring it on. Bring it on. Sometimes when we're in the middle of stuff, that staff and everybody say, "Oh, this is broken." Oh, this. Is... I said, "Listen to the conversation." They said, "What you mean?" I said, "Listen. What you say?" This is $20,000, this is $10,000, this is $15,000, this is that. We need 500 people. We need, listen to yourself. At least you got something going on. 
Come on, say amen. At least you got something going on. Here's what you could be saying. I ain't got no job. <laughs> phone ringing off the hook. I can't stand it when the phone ring off the hook. It could be nobody's calling me. It could be. A, do you understand what I'm saying to you? You got to thank God. You know, oh, my leg hurt. At least the other one working. Come on. Put your, put your, at least you got a leg. The man with no leg wish he had a leg that hurt. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A man who can't move wish his back was the only problem he had. I got a crazy husband. Some people wish they had one, at least one in life, who was close to normal. And every now and then in life, you get caught up and you miss the big point. You need to speak to your life today and say in Jesus' name, I'm taking charge with confidence and I'm going to believe my God and we're going to win. We're not going to be overwhelmed by this circumstance. Come on, say man. We're not going to do it. Man, my time is up. Praise God. Come on, clap your hands. Come on, clap your hands. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what I want you to leave with. You need to have unshakable confidence. Confidence in God. Confidence in your ability to fight back. Confidence in your, yourself. And confidence in your prayers. Verse 24. Mark 11. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Father, I thank you. I give you praise and glory. We leave with confidence today. We, we, we thank you. Give you glory in Jesus' name. With every head by every eye closed. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I get it. I need, I, need, I, need, I, need to, I need to be one of those people that accepts this expectation. Jesus has a right to expect certain things of me. And so today I ask you, Lord Jesus, to let this be the moment when someone says, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I want to be committed to you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here and you say, Pastor, I want to be one of those people who's committed to Jesus. I don't want to be on the outside. I want to be on the inside. Would you please raise your hand? Anybody say, Pastor, that's me. I want you to pray for me. I want, to, I want to commit my life to Jesus today. I see you. Anybody else? I, Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. That's what I'm, going to do. I'm just going to pray for you. Father, pray for those who raise their hands. Some will raise their heart. Let this be the beginning of a new day for them, healing and blessing in their life. May they find, Lord, I pray, a good church they can grow in, maybe this one, but a place they can grow wherever it is. And may they find Jesus today, the forgiver of their sins, and the, and the beginner of a new life for them. In your name we pray. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. You learned something today? Come on, praise God.